This is the eve of the spring equinox, which we can celebrate or acknowledge or realize that, oh, some, something in the heavens, some dance of the sun and the moon. And we can reflect that in our practice the dance of timelessness, the spacious presence in us. Father Anthony DeMello had a wonderful sense of humor. This is one little item that I got from one of his books. An enthusiastic man who had just graduated as a plumber was taken to see Niagara Falls. He studied it for a minute, and then he said, I think I can fix this. <laughs> and so Nancy asked the question, how can I become more aware of a thought arising? Is it simply practice and mindfulness of the breath arising, there seems to be an underlying reservoir of thoughts waiting to bubble up without being noticed. It's Niagara <laughs> That's just the mind. It's just a thought-producing machine. But by watching it, eventually the thoughts, because they keep coming and we don't chew on them anymore, we lose that interest in the story, which is unreal, untrue. It's about something from the past that doesn't exist, or the future that is just a fantasy, a projection, an idea. It's another thought. It doesn't exist. So when we just take it as a Niagara, then we can see through the falls and in the water, in that rain of water, that wall of movement, we just begin to understand the movement of the universe. Of, of It's timeless, deathless, endless, infinite. And it isn't a wall of water. It's just the phenomena of consciousness arising and ceasing, whatever, whatever we look at has that same fabric of constant changingness, transience, ownerlessness. There's no one there that we can fix. There's no point that we, we can't make the water solid or stop. That's how experience is. And if we try to do that, it's only suffering. But if we just observe it, it can bring us to a point of complete, utter transcendence. Just the pure presence through the awareness of that and the realization of the qualities, these qualities of impermanence that can never be satisfied from that movement. It's just as it is perfect, exactly as it is. 
There's no one to cling to in there. And we just keep watching. Another thought, another thought. As soon as we cling, that's when we begin to tremble from fear or anxiety, desire or hopelessness, memories, expectations, assumptions, disappointment, or whatever comes through, all the emotional content that arises on the heels of a thought. We just let it go, moment by moment by moment, and eventually, in the process of letting go, we begin to experience we go through the looking glass, like Alice, or we see into the looking glass a reflection of the reality of what we really are. And then we feel the great peace, inexpressible. It has no birth or death. It's unborn, not like this body which is born and changes and declines and stoops and lies down and is gone. This is not something that we can believe by hearing it, but in watching and observing, in seeing in our own hearts this Niagara of thoughts, we start to get an intuitive understanding. Conceptually, it's like trying to climb a mountain by reading a book about it. You can't. You never get the sense of height or slipping on ice or the fear, the, the dizziness when you look down. You never get the sense of mountain. You never smell the heights or see the eagles gliding. You never feel the joy of space, of spaciousness, of getting, catching a view of the top, of being breathless and, and holding your companions when they're losing their balance or vice versa. You never get the thrill of the height and seeing the plains below. You never get the joy of discovering wildflowers at the cusp of spring on a mountain face. The book gives you a pleasant feeling. Whoa, sounds really great. But until you scramble up the slopes yourself, it doesn't mean very much. It's only an idea. It's a thought, and before you know it, you're reaching for the next book, which is all about deep sea diving. It's not experience. It's just going from idea to idea. Some people live their whole life like that. It's just an idea. Even when they go on holiday, they bring their latest digital cameras, and their whole experience of whatever land... Maybe they've gone to some exotic land 
Bhutan, difficult to get in, can only stay for a short period. And then they take a lot of pictures. They don't put the whole thing down and just really experience where they are. And that's the holiday. There's something beautiful, got to get a picture. Then you collect the photographs and you go home and look at all your photographs. But the real experience of that land, what was it? What is it? In Dhamma practice, we don't take photographs. We, sure, we taste it, but we go in, into the experience of the moment. And we don't ask for any product of that, nothing tangible. You can't record it for anyone and say, look where I was. It makes no sense. I went to the present moment. (laughs) Now I know the present moment. Would you like to have a look at the present moment? Here it is. I have a photograph album. It's full of the present moment. It just makes no sense. You can't collect your present moments. But the present moment and another present moment and another presence, a continuous immersion and presence changes us changes the way we see, the way we feel, the way we know, the way we understand and perceive ourselves, our life, our non-selves. Who is myself? We start to ponder. It turns everything upside down, inside out. What you thought was ten feet tall, like in Alice in Wonderland. One pill makes you smaller and one pill makes you tall. What you thought was huge and large is small and trivial, superficial. Or the other way around, a flower growing on the walkway outside your house that seemed so unimportant. Next time you come into your doorway, you notice it. You can spend five minutes looking at that flower and you've never seen it before. You never drank it in. Everything, everything of nature, everything of those you love, everything of your, your life, it takes on another quality. And we can stop and, and feel a sense of blessing and gratitude that may be enormous, majestic, breathtaking. We turn to things with a gentleness Ethically, 
we are very purified by this presence. We actually don't need to recite precepts. We begin to live in purity in every way, naturally. The mind doesn't have to be talked into it anymore. In the beginning, like a little tree that has a stake next to it until it gets tall and matures so that in a great storm it won't be blown over. But once we taste this purity and we know that that's what we are, we don't need the little stake to hold us. We become tall enough to give shade to other trees to protect them from the great winds. We become the spiritual friend to everyone who needs shelter, protection. If we see someone not looking after themselves, we reach out to protect them. If we feel that they can come and bask in this presence, we encourage them. We try to bring them. We take them to Niagara Falls. 